0: The reason that people want to know why do I need a pastor is because they've had pastors who try to be their lords. And you don't need more lords. You just need one Lord, and that's Jesus. So you don't need lords. You don't need lords. called The Gifts of Jesus. We're taking these from Ephesians 4. We're on the fourth one. Let me just read it to you, verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And those are the five. Uh, Some people put the last two together. The reason is because the word some is in front of only four times in there some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. So there are some people who put those four, the only four, and they put pastors and teachers together. Can I just make a little, a little point about this? Because I'm always trying to train us in this, okay? If you wanna put those together, I don't mind. I don't mind, okay? You don't need to write me a seven-page email on why theologically they go together. I'm fine if you believe that, okay? One day we're going to get to heaven and we'll find out you were wrong, but it's okay, (laughs) all right? (laughs) Or I'll find out I was wrong. It doesn't matter. The body of Christ needs to stop arguing and come together and win the world to Jesus. So... If you want to put those together, it's okay. It's okay, all right? But I decided to cover them separately. Here's one of the reasons. Because uh, pastors do need to be able to teach according to Scripture. But I know teachers who don't pastor. All right, so um, I want to remind you why I'm doing this series. Uh, A friend of mine wrote me an email. I covered this on Apostles, but that was four weeks ago. And he simply said, why do I need a pastor? And he said, I see bishops and deacons and even overseers in scripture, but I don't really see pastors. And I'm gonna explain to you that why that is in just a moment. Um, but he said, so why do I need a pastor? And he had a good spirit. This is a great God, known him since high school. And so I wrote it, I, I called him and said, um, can I jokingly answer your question? And he said, yeah, and laughed, you know, and I said, your question's really not for me, it's for Jesus. Because Jesus gave these gifts when he ascended. And so then I said, can I joke with you some more? He said, yeah. I said, you might want to tell Jesus that you want to return one of his gifts, that you don't need one. Because some, for some reason, Jesus gave us pastors. There's a reason. And I explained to him some about the equipping of the saints and things like that. And then I said to him, Here's why some people have this question. It might not be you, but some people have this question. It's because they've been spiritually abused by pastors in the past. That's why. So we're gonna talk about what a pastor is and what a pastor is not, all right? So number one, what is a pastor, okay? That's first of all. First of all, Ephesians 4, in most versions of the Bible, if it's not like an expanded edition where it lists other words, uh, in nearly every version of the Bible, Ephesians 4, when it talks about pastors, listen to me, this is the only place that word is used in the New Testament. Pastor, where it's translated pastor. Yet, the Greek word is in the New Testament 18 times. 18 times, but only once is it translated pastors, that's Ephesians 4. How is it translated the rest of the time? (laughs) Shepherds. But it's in the Bible. But it's translated, because the word pastor means shepherd. That's what it means from the Greek. So let me show it to you uh, in a few places in the New Testament. I'll show you later a few places in the Old Testament. But I want you to think about, it's gonna be translated shepherd, but it's the same, it's the Greek word that's pastor. So I'm actually gonna sometimes use it interchangeably just to get us to think differently, all right? Because a pastor is a shepherd, all right, First Peter chapter five, verse two. Pastor the flock of God. Isn't that good? Pastor the flock of God which is among you, shepherd the flock of God, serving as overseers. Don't get upset over this word overseers because I'm gonna tell you what that means in the Greek, all right, it's not a bad word. It's not lords, you'll see that in a moment. Not by compulsion, but willingly. Not for dishonest gain, and some do that, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those, watch this word, entrusted to you. In other words, they don't belong to you. They've been entrusted to you. But being examples to the flock, and when the chief pastor appears, the chief shepherd, and then, by the way, this is the same Greek word that's translated pastor. When the chief pastor appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Now, here's why I said don't get upset over the word overseers. All it means is those who look after you or care for you. That's what it means. It's not those who lord it over you. I said to my friend, the reason that people want to know why do I need a pastor is because they've had pastors who try to be their lords. And you don't need more lords. You just need one lord, and that's Jesus. So you don't need lords. You don't need lords. But you do need overseers. Now, hold on listen to that word, you do need people who care for your soul. And that's what the word overseer means. A person who cares for you, second definition, a person who cares for your soul, okay? Look look, look at this scripture, uh, Acts chapter 20, and we're going to read one verse, later we're going to read another verse, the verse right after, but I just want you to remember that because it's Important, but I want to read it under the next point. Acts 20, verse 28. Therefore, take heed to yourselves, he's talking to the leaders of the church, and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for their soul, to pastor, that's the word in the Greek, the church of God, shepherd, pastor, the church of God, now watch this, which he purchased with his own blood. Now, the reason that's important is because the church belongs to Jesus. Uh in, in Matthew 16, he said, You know, I say to you, Peter, you know, you're the rock, and on this rock I'm gonna build my, and it's a it's a different Peter's not the, you know, well, I mean, this not go and make an argument. Someone get mad about that, but let's just forget that. Point is He said, and on this rock, I will, I, here's the five words I want you to see. I will build my church. And the gates of hell, Hades is the Greek word for hell, will not prevail against it. Okay, listen to these five words. Jesus said these. These are in red in your Bible, uh, unless you, you know, it's on your phone, okay. I will build my church. I will, no doubt about it. Build, say, can you say it? my church? I tell pastors all the time, don't ever refer to that your church, the church you pastor, as your church, Amen. and don't ever refer to them as your people, because the chief shepherd is coming back. <laughs> he, he, I don't think he gets excited. When you call his sheep, your sheep. Here's what some pastors say, you know, those are my sheep. No, they're not your sheep. Now, we are to steward the people that the Lord has entrusted to us as shepherds, pastors, overseers, but they're not ours. Point two, I'd like to talk about bad pastors because they need to be talked about. Uh, Remember, we read Acts 20, verse 28, where he said, shepherd the flock of God, okay, which has been entrusted to you, okay, now, which he purchased with his own blood. Here's verse 29, Acts 20, 29. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. So here's Paul saying to the leaders, When I leave, wolves are going to come in. Okay. What does uh, a person who's not called by God do? When he's not called by God to be a a shepherd, what does he do when the wolf comes in? (laughs) Well, Jesus tells us, John 10, I am the good pastor. It's the same Greek word. If you have a Bible program, you can look it up. I'm not making this up. I'm the good pastor. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, in other words, someone who's just doing it for a paycheck, a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep or feel responsibility, stewardship for the sheep, sees the wolf coming, and I'm going to paraphrase a minute, and sends his resume out and goes to another church. And he leaves the sheep and he flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling. He's just doing a job. He doesn't care about the sheep. And does not care about the sheep. I am the good pastor, good shepherd. And, and this is one of the gifts Jesus gave. And I know my sheep and I'm known by my own as the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. So the hireling flees, but a, but a pastor called by God will lay his life down for the sheep. You don't even know some of the battles that I've had to fight for you. Some of the ways the enemy has come in and tried to get Gateway off track over the years. And as I tell you in a moment, what I actually do, which you might not know, and I I don't do it because I'm someone special, it's just what God put in me. It's the DNA God put in me. But when the wolf comes in, Several times, and the elders will tell you, I will step up in front of him and tell him, you're not coming in here. You're not coming in, Gateway Church. You are not. And it's, it's not because I think I'm tougher than you, but you need to meet my brother. Because I, I got adopted, but he, he, and he was the only beloved of the father, but he's pretty tough. And he'll take care of you. And he gave me responsibility over these people. Let me show you again. The Bible warns a lot about bad pastors. Jeremiah 23, verse 1. Woe to the pastors, the shepherds, who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. In other words, they're mine. They belong to me, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel, against the pastor's, the shepherds who feed my people, you have scattered my flock. This word comes up a lot, scattered, driven them away and not attended to them or not cared for their soul. That's the word oversee in the Greek. Behold, I will oversee you. I will attend to your soul for the evil of your doing, says Lord, but I will gather the remnant of my flock. This is one of the Uh, biggest gifts that a pastor has is a gathering gift. If you want to know true pastors, good pastors, and bad pastors, good pastors gather people, bad pastors scatter people. There it is. It's that simple right there. I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I've driven them and bring them back to their folds and they shall be fruitful and increase and I will set up Pastors over them. I know I'm taking liberty, but I'm telling you, it's the same word. Who will feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. Ezekiel 34, verse 1. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the pastors. And let me just say something here. It says prophesy. I know it says prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Do you really think? that he's talking about the guys out there on the side of the hill with a stick and a dress on. <laughs> and I don't mean that wrong against the way they dressed in that day, but he's not talking about the actual shepherds uh, who, 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 who do actual sheep. He said that my people are the sheep of my pasture. So he's talking about pastors here. Prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, the the pastors, woe to the pastors of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat and you clothe yourselves with wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. Now, this thing on scattering, let me give you a way of uh, the way some pastors scatter sheep that you may have never thought of. According to Scripture, we're part of the body of Christ. You know, the hand shouldn't say to the foot, I have no need of you. The ear shouldn't say to the eye, I have no need of you. Okay, so we're part of the body of Christ. Here's one of the biggest ways pastors scatter the flock. They cut off parts of the body that they disagree with. I want you to think about that. And they'll actually preach against churches who have different, who see things differently than they do. And they preach against them. Again, that's why I shared what I shared at first. It's time for the body of Christ to come together. What's amazing is the enemies of the cross have come together and are trying to indoctrinate our children against God and in all sorts of things that we would have never thought years ago that they would be teaching in our elementary schools and yet the body of Christ won't come together. We need to come together. And there are bad pastors who get up and preach against other parts of the body of Christ. And they cut them off. They're cutting off body parts. So that's bad pastors. So let's do point number three. Let's, this, you might like this one better. Let's do good shepherds or good pastors. Obviously, Jesus is the best, so let's look at some Scripture. Hebrews 13, 20, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. And it's the same Greek word that's translated pastor. He's the great pastor. 1 Peter 2, 25, for you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the pastor, the shepherd, watch, and overseer of your soul's. Jesus is the one who cares the most for your soul, and so should pastors. Mark 6, 34, and Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion because they were like sheep not having a pastor. It's the same Greek word. Stay with me on that. So, because they were like sheep that didn't have a pastor, so he began to teach them many things. Can I say that another way? So he began to feed them. That's what shepherds want to do. They want to feed sheep the word of God. Let me show you one more on feeding. And I will give you, Jeremiah 3.15, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So I've said this for many, many years. There are two major things on my job description, lead and feed. That's what a senior pastor does, lead and feed. So I've given you some scripture on feeding, Let me give you just a couple on uh, leading. This is when uh, Moses is looking for a successor. And this is his prayer to God. Numbers 27, verse 15. Then Moses spoke to the Lord saying, let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation who may go out before them and go in before them, who may lead them. I told you it's leading, leading and feeding. Who may lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep, which have no pastor, no shepherd, And Psalm 78, verse 70, he also chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the ewes that had young, he brought him to shepherd, to pastor Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. So he, David, shepherded or pastored them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of Of his hands this is what a senior pastor does this is what and I say senior because most churches now have many pastors on staff so this is what the lead pastor at churches do the senior pastor sets and protects the vision and values of the church the senior pastor sets and protects you say what about the elders the elders govern the church but the pastor leads the church. We are an elder-governed, senior-pastor-led, staff-and-volunteer-run church, okay? My job is to lead, to set the vision, and again, I take that vision into the elders, and they confirm it, adjust it, whatever, but it's to set and protect the vision and the values of the church. Um, this is why you can go in a church and feel right at home pretty quickly because the vision and the values have been set and you agree with, they, they, they line up with you. Now, we don't cut off from other people that have a different vision or values, but you think, yeah, these, the, the I can, I sense humility is one of the core values of the church here. I sense servanthood is one of the core values. This is also why you can go in a church and feel uncomfortable immediately because you might sense a dictatorial spirit and you think that's, I don't have that value. You know, that's not what I'm here for. So that's my job. Um, I met this car salesman one time, bought a car from him. He didn't own the dealership or anything like that. He was just one of the salesmen. And I just felt like the Lord said, develop a relationship with him and so you could share Christ with him. So we started just developing a friendship, going to lunch and all. And after about our third time, he said to me, um, you know, you're not like any pastor I've ever met. And he meant it as a compliment, you know. And I said to him, well, you're not like any car salesman I've ever met. And i I him, I mean that as a compliment too. So after about three months, he opens up to me after we build a friendship and he tells me when he was a little boy, he was spiritually abused by a pastor and he'd never been back to church since then. And I told him, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I said, can I ask you a question though? And he said, yeah. I said, you remember we talked about that I wasn't like a pastor, you know, you'd ever met, you weren't, you're not like a car salesman I ever met? He said, Yeah. I said, Are there any bad car salesmen? And he went like this, he said, Oh, yeah. He said, The stories I could And then he stopped. And he started crying right there sitting at the table. And I said to him, just like there are bad car salesmen, there are bad pastors. And the pastor that did that to you was a bad pastor. But that's not the way God is. And God loves you. And God cares about you. And a few weeks later, he gave his life to Christ. As a pastor, I wanna do something that maybe you've never heard another pastor say. And that is, I wanna say to you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you've been hurt by a pastor. I'm sorry if a pastor has abused you spiritually or verbally in some way. I'm so sorry. Pastors are humans also. But I also want you to know that Jesus gave us gifts when he ascended. And one of those gifts is a pastor who will protect us, watch for our soul. And he doesn't do it for dishonest gain also one of those gifts that Jesus uses as a pastor, he uses pastors to equip us to pastor other people. And then the Lord uses pastors to equip us to live a victorious life. So if you've ever been hurt, I want to tell you, please forgive that pastor, but please also pray for your pastor. I hope all of you have a good local church to attend and I hope you pray for your pastor and let's thank the Lord for the gift of pastors who teach us God's word. This is the the most favorite part of my job is I get to teach people God's word and I so appreciate you joining us and I appreciate the hunger that you have to hear God's word. So I wanna just remind you, I'm going to continue this series next time. Join us then.
1: Jesus has given each of his gifts we can use to impact the world around us and to help build his church, the body of Christ. In Pastor Robert's enlightening series, The Gifts of Jesus, you'll learn about these five ministry gifts, why the church needs each of our unique gifts to thrive, and how our gifts fit perfectly together to achieve the awesome purpose Jesus has for us. For your gift of any amount today, you'll receive this entire series on CD or as an audio digital download, along with a Palm Sunday to Easter reference guide. This beautiful fold-out guide is filled with charts, diagrams, and simple summaries about the events of Jesus' life throughout Passion Week. And for your gift of $80 or more, you can also request our brand new Passion Week devotional. In it, you'll discover more amazing truths about Passion Week that will give you great insight into the week leading up to Jesus' death on the cross and reveal how every day was marked by His passion to rescue us. Also, for your gift of $140 or more, you'll receive the Holy Land Devotional Journal, featuring pictures and scriptural reflections from key historical sites in Israel. We'll also send the Holy Land Illustrated Bible filled with over 1,100 images, maps, and illustrations for a visual journey through God's Word. Visit us at PastorRobert.com to get these special resources today. As always, thank you for your continuous prayers and generous financial support of Pastor Robert Morris Ministries. it even easier for you to connect with us here at the all new pastor robert.com you can watch or listen to current and previous episodes of our program shop in our online store with enhanced security and access a free weekly devotional we hope that these features will help you find exactly what you need to continue to grow in your relationship with the lord to learn more visit us at PastorRobert.com.